Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 27. Today's topic is, what kind of seeds are you planting in your heart? In the United States right now, it is springtime. I love spring. I love when things start warming up and the plants start to grow and the tulips come up and all those wonderful things. But I also love getting my hands in the dirt and planting things and watching them grow. I've always loved gardening. I think I learned that from my grandpa when I was like two or three. He sent me out to pick strawberries and that was the coolest thing to go out and just pick a strawberry and eat it. I think I ate more than I put in the bucket. And Grandpa nourished that love of the garden. He taught me how to plant things and take care of them and how to prepare the soil, all that sort of thing. And I've been thinking about that. The other day I was out planting seeds in my garden, and actually I checked today, and the first little seedlings are starting to sprout, and it's always so exciting to me. I'm kind of like a kid in a candy store when it comes to planting seeds and watching them grow. There's something so wonderful about that. And the more I've thought about it, actually the Bible is full of metaphors about planting things and harvesting Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus uses planting in some of his parables, and the Old Testament talks about planting as well. The thing I love to remember when I'm planting my garden each spring is that, you know, I can plant and it may rain or I may have to water, but I'm not the one that makes the plants grow. Ultimately, God is the one that does that. I found this wonderful verse in Isaiah. This is Isaiah 61, verse 11. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Isaiah is using this garden metaphor to explain how God is going to cause his righteousness to spring up in all the earth. I just love that metaphor. A lot of times when I'm planting in the garden, I try to remember how God is planting things in the whole world and how he is going to cause them to spring forth into righteousness to glorify him. To me, the whole gardening process all year long is one of these big-time metaphors for what God is doing in the world. As I said, Jesus has a lot of parables about the garden. One that I especially love is in Mark 4, 26-28. And Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Isn't that the way God works in our lives? Seeds are planted. We take in ideas. We get an inspiration from a Bible verse. It may start small, but it grows, and God causes it 
to spring forth in our lives. He gives us other experiences that help it grow. I just love all these metaphors from the Bible. Probably one of the most famous parables Jesus has is the parable of the sower. And he's referring to someone who goes out to plant seeds in the field, and some fall on good ground, and some fall by the wayside, and some fall on stony ground, and some fall where the thorns and the briars grow up. When he tells this parable, the people understand this because a lot of them probably are growing crops and they realize you have to be careful where you put your seeds because you don't want it to fall on the rocks or in the weed patch because they won't grow and you won't get any produce from them. Well, Jesus uses that idea that people understand to talk about a deep spiritual principle in life, and that is sometimes you're trying to do something good and you scatter it out there like you're planting seeds and Not all the seeds fall on fertile ground. We have to be careful where we plant our seeds. That includes how we plant our seeds in our own hearts. What part of our lives are we planting seeds in? What kinds of things do we have affections for that maybe are not the most productive places to be planting seeds, to be focusing our efforts on? Well, Jesus is saying you should plant your seeds in good soil, in fertile soil. So when you think about what you're going to do in life with a big overall perspective, or even if it's just one particular day or a week-long project or any type of thing you're working on, whether it's short-term or mid-term or long-term, I think we need to ask ourselves, is this really something that I want to focus on? Is this where I want to plant my seeds? Is this where I want to spend all my time and effort? Is it going to really bring forth something productive? We don't always know the answer to that, but God does, and we can ask him for guidance. There's so much in that parable about the sower that goes to sow and the seeds go everywhere. But to me, the real point there is he's using good seeds, but where is the seed getting sown? That makes us think about the soil. And I think that's why it's important to look at the soil, so to speak, the quality of the soil or the quality of our hearts, the quality of our thinking. Where are we planting these ideas? Are we spending all this time and effort on something that's worthwhile? Several years ago, I was at an organic gardening conference, and I learned that one tablespoon of good, healthy, organic soil has hundreds of thousands of microorganisms It's almost like the soil is alive, and that's what helps plants take up the nourishment from the soil, the nutrients in the soil. When you are sowing the seeds of faith in healthy soil, it means you're putting your faith in something that's alive with God's purpose. If you plant something in dead soil, it won't grow nearly as well. So we don't want to focus our activities on things that have a dead end. Another parable about the kingdom of heaven that Jesus used seeds to paint the picture with was the one about the mustard seed. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. This is from Matthew 13, 31 and 32. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. There was actually a variety of mustard that grew to about 10 feet tall. And so this is what Jesus is saying. He says, even if you have this tiny little grain of mustard seed, it can turn into something big. And that's the way the kingdom of heaven is. You start off small, 
and it grows. It continues to grow and be very productive. Jesus uses this idea of the mustard seed another time when the disciples come to him and say, increase our faith. They felt their need to have a deeper, broader, wider, stronger faith. And he said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. One of the other gospels, he says the same thing, but he uses the metaphor of the mountain. Tell the mountain, be cast into the sea, and it would jump in the sea. Well, he's using this as a metaphor to say, it's not how big your faith is, it's what kind of faith it is. He did not say, if your faith was as big as a grain of sand, you could have a grain of sand and a grain of mustard seed pretty much the same size. But what's the difference between those two? One is an inanimate object. It's a little tiny, well, it's a piece of sand. It's a little tiny piece of silica or rock or something. That's all it is. But a mustard seed is something that has life in it. It can grow. Obviously, an important point here is that a mustard seed has to be planted in order for it to grow. Your faith has to be planted somewhere. You can't just have a jar full of mustard seeds or any kind of seed. I mean, I've got boxes of seeds that I have, some that I've saved from previous years. They don't grow unless I plant them in the soil. And that's true with our faith. We can't just set our faith on the shelf and say, oh, I I believe in God. We have to go out into the world and plant it into all our activities, all our thoughts, all the things that we do and say and think about. We have to plant our faith, our little grains of mustard seed faith in everything we do. And when we do that, it will grow. It's kind of like keeping your seeds that you would plant in your garden in those little paper envelopes and not doing anything with them. I think this is why Jesus used all these metaphors and parables talking about seeds and planting and growing things, because they really communicate this idea that we have to live our faith. We have to let it grow, and we have to trust God to water it and nurture it and make it productive and fruitful. Someone shared a quote with me years ago in thinking about seeds, and think of this as a metaphor. I mean, it's literally true, but think of it as a metaphor as well. She said, You can count how many seeds are in an apple, but you can't count how many apples are in a seed. I love that because it's literally true. I can cut open an apple and you get 12 or 15 seeds, however many there are. But take one seed and if you planted that and it grew into an apple tree and you got apples every year for 20 years, Of course, not all the seeds from all those apples are going to be planted and turned into apple trees. Probably none of them or very few of them, but the potential is there. There's no way for you to count how many apples are going to come from one particular seed. Think about that in your life. One little thing, one little mustard seed of faith planted in your life, you never know how that seed of faith is going to grow and sprout and bless you and bless your family and bless others. You just never know what one little act of faith will do and how far it will go and how much it will progress and how much it will bless yourself as well as others. That really brings me back to the very first chapter of Genesis where it talks about God creating the plants of the field and the fruit trees 
And the phrase, whose seed is in itself, is used several times. I love that idea, the fruit whose seed is in itself. Of course, you look at an apple, the seeds are in the apple. A peach, any kind of fruit, the seed is in itself. It's self-contained. It's, there's a sense of completeness there and this whole sense of the infinite possibilities. Everything that you're going to need is going to be there because God is going to provide it. That idea that the fruit has its seed within itself, that's a really powerful idea that if you have a new idea, you get a new insight for, through your Bible study or, or someone says something or you hear a sermon or read a book or something, you get a new idea. That's a little seed. That's a little grain of mustard seed. But within that little seed of an idea, there is an infinite range of possibilities of how that could grow. And this is really a biblical principle that there's this sense of completeness. When God gives you an idea of something to do, it's just the first of many ideas that he's going to give you, either specifically for that project or that idea or that activity, or it could be for a long story arc of your whole life and then how that will carry on and how you will bless others. Could just There's just no limit to the good that God can unfold in our lives. When we are putting into practice the ideas that he gives us, when we're planting the seeds of faith or the seeds of inspiration, when we're planting those in our daily lives, in our experiences, in all we do, they will bear fruit. They will be productive, and God will cause that to come forth. The seeds that God gives us, it's our job to plant them, just like it's the farmer's job to plant the seeds in the soil. It's not his job to make the seed grow. His job is to plant the seeds. So your job and my job is to take those ideas that God gives us and plant them in our lives. When I was a little kid, my mom used to tell this little parable of her own. She'd talk about, she'd usually say this when I said something that wasn't nice or when I'd get angry. She would say, James, your mind is like a garden. And when you plant nice thoughts in your garden, nice things will grow. If you plant angry thoughts, if you plant hateful thoughts, then those things will grow. Now, do you like pretty things or do you like the weeds in the garden better? I always loved flowers. And so she would say, well, you need to plant loving thoughts in your heart and in your mind. You need to think loving thoughts because that's like planting flowers in our garden. Now, I didn't always remember that too well, I must say, but I have remembered it many times, probably more now than when I was a kid. Somehow that has always stayed with me, and it has uh, gotten me through a few tough times, I have to say. It's so important for us to plant the right seeds. We need to plant the seeds in good soil. We need to plant our faith in the right activities. We need to walk in the right directions. We need to plant our seeds of faith in receptive soil in our own heart and with others as well. And we need to plant Good seeds, loving seeds, not hateful or revenge or jealousy, all the greed, all those kinds of things. Those seeds will grow as well because one of the other gardening principles throughout the Bible is that you will reap what you sow. And there are kind of two parts to that. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The Greek there for bountifully is literally with blessings. If you just sow three carrot seeds in your garden, you're going to get hopefully three carrots. If you sow a whole row, you'll get a whole lot more carrots. If you sow your faith sparingly, you will reap sparingly, both in your own heart and sharing it with others. But if you share freely, if you take all the ideas that God gives you, all the seeds of inspiration and faith, and plant those in your own heart and in all your activities, then the reward will be very bountiful. And by the way, if you sow carrots, you're not going to get onions, so you have to know what you're planting. That goes for our spiritual thoughts, too. Now, the other part of this reaping and sowing, a lot of people call it the law of the harvest, is that you reap what you sow. This is what Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. There in Galatians, the metaphor is catapulted into a deep spiritual lesson that if we pursue worldly things, that's what we're going to end up with. If we pursue spiritual things, if we plant our faith in spiritual things, we're going to reap spiritual blessings. This is not a complicated, heavy-duty, theological topic today, and I realize that. What I really would love for you to take away from this is, I'd love for you to ask yourself, what kind of seeds am I sowing in my spiritual garden? Where am I planting these seeds? Where am I focusing my efforts? How am I using the ideas that God gives me? Am I actually taking them and planting them in my heart and in my daily activities? Am I taking these ideas that God gives me and using them? Or am I just letting my seeds of faith stay in the little paper envelopes and not using my faith? When Jesus told this parable of the sower, he said some of the seeds in the good soil brought forth 30, some 60, and some 100 times increase. Where you plant your seeds makes a difference. So let's together think about what kind of spiritual seeds we're planting and where are we planting these spiritual seeds. So please, be encouraged. It's not how much faith you have. It's the quality of your faith. Just a tiny little mustard seed worth of faith is all it really takes for God to make something wonderful grow in your life. So we're going to shift gears here and talk about our prayer project, 20 Ways to Follow Christ in 2020. This is week number 16. We're we're getting close to the end of this project. This week, the topic is, and this is a metaphor too, walk on the water and still the storm. So I'm not asking you to go out and walk across the lake or the river or the ocean, but Think of some challenging situation you might be facing now and think of how you can walk over the surface of that and not get bogged down in it, not get get into all the drama of it and thrashing around in it. Jesus walked across the surface of the water 
God has given each one of us dominion. So use your dominion here and walk over the problem instead of getting all entangled in it. Still the storm. Jesus rebuked the storm and he told the water to be still, be at peace. So you can bring that sense of peace to something where there's turmoil. It could be big or small, it doesn't matter, but you have that peace already within you So bring that to bear in some situation. So again, this week, we're going to walk on the water and still the storm. Whatever that means to you, however that works out, that's something we're going to be thinking about together. And that's from Matthew 14, 25 through 32 and Mark 4, 39. Now, if you're new to The Bible Speaks to You, this is a project we started back at the very end of 2019. And you can find this list of 20 ways to follow Christ on the show notes page for episode 12. If you go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 012, you will see a link there you can click on and that will give you this list that you can print out. That's pretty much it for today. I just want to thank you again for being here each week. Some of you have left some wonderful reviews over on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. And if you are new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I hope that you will subscribe. There are two ways to do that. You can either go to my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, click on the podcast tab on the menu, and you will then see a place where you can give your name and email, and that will get you on my email notification list. The other way is to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe there, and you can also leave a review there. Or if you listen to podcasts in some other way like Spotify or Stitcher or there's so many, you should be able to find me pretty much anywhere. On the show notes for today's episode, which is number 27, I'll have all the Bible references that I've mentioned today. So you can find that at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 027. If you have any questions or comments about anything you've heard on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can either contact me through the contact page on the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, or tag me over on Instagram or on Facebook at The Bible Speaks to You. Again, thank you so much. I appreciate you for tuning in each week and sharing this. That's one thing that uh, a lot of people have said, well, they found out about it because someone shared it with me. So please share this with a friend. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless and take care.